0: Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unboxed Podcast. My name is Reese, and today, sticking with the theme of embattled leaders, it's time to turn our attention from the face of the Conservative Party in the United Kingdom, or rather the, the English Conservatives, Boris Johnson, and to look at the face of the leading Conservative, small c, in Northern Ireland, Arlene Foster. Current First Minister of Northern Ireland, but hanging by a thread, it would appear, to her role at the head of the party and at the head of the Northern Irish executive. It's been a turbulent time in the unionist community in Northern Ireland, and MLAs, that's members of the Legislative Assembly in Stormont and MPs within her party, the Democratic Unionist Party, or DUP, feel now might be the right time to stand up and be counted in an effort to oust her from the leadership. So, let's have a look at the issues and what's at stake here in today's episode of the Politics Unboxed podcast. So, according to the BBC and other sources... Um, the Democratic Unionist Party is on the verge of a leadership election, as according to those sources, a letter of no confidence is being circulated amongst Democratic Unionist politicians. Um, and according to those sources, that 22 out of the 27 MLAs and 4 of the 8 DUP MPs in Westminster have signed it. Um, and that's big. Uh, for the for the BBC and these other sources to put their name on the fact that they think 22 MLAs have signed it and half of the MPs in Westminster have signed this no-confidence letter, um, I think even if they're wrong within a margin of error, you're still looking at well over 10, probably around the 15 mark, even with a, a decent margin of error there in terms of MLAs and, I uh, don't know, two or so MPs. And that's big, because there are only a small number of DUP members who actually get to vote in a leadership contest. In fact, there are only 35 DUP members who get to vote in a leadership contest, 27 MLAs, and the eight MPs. It is a completely closed party shop. Which means that if 22 MLAs and four MPs have signed the letter already, and there might be more to come, then um, there is a sweeping majority support within the party for a change in leadership. But what has caused these scenarios? Well, first off, do we have a scenario? Because the party say it isn't commenting, but of course you would expect the party to not comment on internal party affairs until they become public. Uh, The Conservative Party, when we were looking at the final days of Theresa May's premiership, uh, didn't comment on any letters received to the 1922 committee until there were enough to say it's time to call a no confidence vote. So the party not commenting doesn't really tell us too much. If we do have a situation, well, it would be a change of leadership for the DUP for the 1st December of 2015 uh, as the first female leader of the DUP. She took over uh, from Peter Robinson. She had been sort of deputy leader, and she was the only candidate. Um it is not been necessarily the smoothest of rides for the DUP and for her in her premiership. Um, she was at the helm through Brexit as uh, the head of a Brexiteer party. The DUP supported um not supported uh, Brexit, and um, we know how difficult the Northern Irish border became. Um, there was also a green energy scandal and Irish language acts, which uh, led to the collapse of the Stormont government for three years from I think it was 2017 to 2020, uh, which didn't reflect very well on the First Minister in Stormont and the party in government, or one of the other parties in government. And, of course, we have coronavirus. But the biggest fallout has to be what I alluded to earlier, the Northern Ireland Protocol, which imposes a border down the Irish Sea. Um, This is a solution to the problem of Brexit, which can be attributed in no small part to the DUP themselves. Now, why did I say this? Well, it starts back in 2016 when the DUP campaigned for Brexit um, because if you make your bed uh, you must lie in it. Uh, but it really gets a, a, a kick up and uh, a leg up into proper causation uh, ideas in 2017. Uh, more importantly The general election of 2017, called by Theresa May, that, uh, I think putting it kindly, did not go well for the former Prime Minister. Now, she was put back down to about 317 seats in the House of Commons, which meant that she hot-footed it over to Northern Ireland to get Pally with Arlene Foster, or in fact, she brought Arlene Foster over to Downing Street to negotiate a conference and supply deal with the Democratic Unionist Party. A natural ally, you would suspect, within um, the Northern Irish parties, um, as a Brexit-supporting uh, conservative, small-C party. And they hammered out a deal. And it was about a billion pounds worth of additional funding for Northern Ireland in return for uh, the support of 10 DUP MPs, that's the number they had at the time, on key government issues. And that was going fine for a little while, it sort of worked as a stopgap measure, until the Brexit votes came through. And now you can't blame the DUP for the failure of the first Brexit vote, that went down by historic proportions, by about 210 votes I think it was. Uh, so you can't blame them for that. You can't even blame them for the second Brexit vote that Theresa May brought to the House of Commons, and that went down by... Uh, I think the third largest defeat in history, the first being that first Brexit vote. But by the time you get to the, the third Brexit vote and these sort of smorgasbord of compromises that were being put forward, you do sort of have to look at the DUP and say, well, you said you'd support this government on key issues. This government is putting forward solutions. Okay, they're not perfect solutions, but there is room for support on some of the compromise proposals and some of the compromise proposals fell agonizingly short so short that you would have thought that the dup's support which was courted heavily by Theresa may because they knew and may government knew that get the dup on side and you get a couple more conservatives on side because they were holding out for the northern ireland to say yes this is the thing to go for Because they needed someone to hide behind, potentially. Um, But the DUP didn't budge, didn't yield, didn't conceal, didn't concede. Rather, uh, the Ulster spirit of no surrender really showing through in a a way that is not perhaps helpful when we're looking at a an issue that is not black and white. It is all sorts of grey. And now, after the 2019 general election. The DUP suddenly were not relevant in getting through the Brexit proposals. It sailed through the House, of course it did, because Boris Johnson had an 80-odd seat majority. And the DUP had thrown away their influence, and now there is a border in the Irish Sea. Which Boris promised there wouldn't be, but there is. And this has led to considerable um, uproar. Within the unionist community, as you would expect it to. And the thing with politics in Northern Ireland, on a slight tangent here, uh, is that most of the races, the key races in, in seats for the regional, uh, the devolved powers, uh, and for Westminster, they're not fights between the two biggest parties in Northern Ireland. They're not straight fights between the DUP and Sinn Fein, as you might see in. The rest of the UK where the two major parties hit it out and um, fight it out in most of the major seats. Um, there are some cases where you have a straight divide but most of the time they are within Unionist and Nationalist sides. The DUP's main rival in most of the seats they hold are the Ulster Unionists, the same for the Ulster Unionists with the DUP and Sinn Féin. So when people are looking for someone to blame the Unionists they won't go to Sinn Féin, they won't go to the SDLP but there is a ready-made replacement for the DUP just waiting in the wings and when you're looking for someone to blame for these things that are happening in Northern Ireland right now the DUP have got to shoulder a fair amount of the burden for things happening on a, a national scale as they were the ones who had the influence in Westminster And they were the ones who backed Brexit. The Ulster Unionists did not back Brexit. So there's sort of a a trifecta hitting up there. And then we turn to the coronavirus, which has been um, interesting, to put it mildly in political terms. Now, Northern Ireland has sort of stayed out of the headlines for most of their handling of the coronavirus, but there have been some notable buttings of heads in the Northern Ireland Executive. Because, um, well, here we see the the uniqueness of the Northern Irish Executive. It is unique to any other system of government within the United Kingdom, because it is a completely power-sharing executive. As part of the Good Friday Agreement, the peace process, There has to be representation from the nationalist and unionist communities in government, which is why at the moment we have the First Minister of Arlene Foster, who represents the DUP, and the Deputy First Minister of Michelle O'Neill, who represents Sinn Féin. And the batting of heads has become more public, and the fighting has become sort of intra-party as well as inter-party on some key issues. Not to say that coronavirus has been the only thing bubbling away in 2020. We've also seen uh, recent changes to Northern Ireland's abortion laws, which have opened up access to abortion, and a commitment from Arlene Foster to implement an Irish Language Act, uh, which have caused some concerns within DUP representatives ahead of the Assembly elections, which are only a year away. Now, the DUP are uh, uh, anti-abortion. They've campaigned vigorously for it, and in fact, if they'd had their way, well, there would never have been changes to Northern Ireland's abortion laws. But during the time of uh, no assembly rule, they were forced through by direct rule from Westminster. You would have thought that uh, as unionists, they would have been fine with UK law applying in Northern Ireland but apparently not Um, and these internal squabbles within the DUP seem to be coming to a head. There have been rumblings of discontent against Arlene Foster for a while but for the time being there has either been a lack of firepower or a lack of willing to act against the leader of the party by people within the DUP. Now we might see that change. For what it's worth, Arlene Foster has been playing down suggestions that her leadership is under threat. Because, of course, she would. She said stories on our leadership come up from time to time. But she said, we'll just deal with it and move on because I've bigger things to do. Bigger things to do, certainly. What does dealing with it mean? Does that mean um, disciplining those people who might be the ringleaders? It could be a numbers game by the end of it. If it splits down that line, factional, then it looks like the numbers at the moment suggest Arlene Foster is out of a job. This could be the best time for Arlene Foster to go. For the DUP, not for Arlene Foster. Now would be a bad time for Arlene Foster to go. She would go under a cloud being forced out. But for the DUP, the timing might be opportune. Because not only would this be uh, the removal of a leader who has been in power for a while, she's been at the top table of the DUP for around a decade, uh, the removal of a leader whose premiership has seen one of the largest gaps in the Northern Irish devolved government since it got back on its feet after the Good Friday Agreement, three years, on nearly full pay as well. During that time, which wasn't popular in many corners, uh, a leader who was one of those breaking, uh, brokering, sorry, power in 2016, 2017, 2019, uh, and has fingerprints all over the Brexit instruments, and a leader whose personal favorability ratings are mixed, shall we say, and the timing in terms of the next election, is not bad. A leader who comes in after a successful challenge would have a year to prove themselves in the job. And a year is a long time in politics, yes, but with the situation looking brighter in relation to coronavirus, perhaps good headlines would not be as hard to come by as they might have been for Arlene Foster. So there is my take on another embattled leader and First Minister of Northern Ireland. For what it's worth, I think she is teetering on the edge of her political career. Uh, And I think that if this letter of no confidence has gone round and these people have signed it, it's over. That is all we have time for today on the Politics Unboxed podcast. I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you all around again soon for the next episode of the podcast, which will be out very soon. Uh, If you can, please scroll down to wherever you uh, get these podcasts and give me a rating. It will really help out. I really appreciate any feedback that comes through. Uh, And you can get in touch through all the usual channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just searching for Politics Unboxed. Get in touch via the website, which is politicsunboxedpodcast.wordpress.com or through email, which is at outlook.com. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you all around again soon for the next episode of the Politics Unboxed Podcast. And until then, goodbye. Mm